How long gone? How long gone is <laughs> here? Double how long gone? That's how excited we are. We've been uh, we've been edging and gooning Kali content for the last what two and a half weeks or so since I've been gone. I've been in four countries in the last couple of weeks. I feel like Diplo. <laughs> I feel like forty eight hours of Diplo. None of it was private. I was about to say one you, of it, you might only f- one first class flight. You, two first class. You flight. might feel like Diplo, but you ain't Diplo. Uh, yeah, it feels so good. I almost kissed the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, at JFK yesterday to be back in Manhattan. I went straight for a integral iced coffee and got jacked the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I got a haircut. I got a pedicure. I dropped off my laundry. I picked up all my mail. Mm. I was flying high on that kind of the adrenaline you get when you touch back down to the USA. Yeah. Like the feeling of uh, riding an electric bike. You know what I mean? Wind through your hair. <laughs> no, it's not a care exactly. in the world. It's a, a truly electric feeling. Uh, yeah. But are you i went back to equinox this morning um no one even asked where i had been which is kind of crazy but whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah i sometimes when i have been i haven't been i have not been back to equinox yet um because i got in last night went to bed at like 7 p.m and woke up about 2 30 a.m so (laughs) i'm on a little bit of more of a funky little schedule right now but i think i'll be okay once i have a full normal day and uh, I had a sauna this morning. I had a girl shower. I'm all. I feel. I feel amazing. I did a. I did you a had, face. I did a Bella Hadid Lyme disease facial dump in the ice plunge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's, just to be clear, I'm, though, I'm proper you're, sorted. You're not rich enough to have Lyme disease, so you're just make sure people know you're making a joke because you're. You, I can't afford. I can't afford <laughs> limes. I, I I can only afford one lime. I can one only. Lime. I can only afford Olipop lemon lime. Actually, is kind of where I'm at. Um, <laughs> no, but but thank God. I'm actually i'm going to get um my friend raquel opened a new facial studio and i'm going tomorrow to get a full workup my friend raquel opened a new facial studio that's right that's right she went out on her own she went out on her own yeah she broke out on her own so i'm excited to see it uh and i'm also excited to i I mean that much traveling you just look worse for the wear i wasn't Mm. getting you know i wasn't sleeping enough I need to get back to myself. Hopefully, her I magic mean, hands can do that. I, I I got some good margin. Shout out to the margin family. I got a whole whole new pack of products. But honestly, like the the sauna into the facial cold plunge into the full extended release shower, <laughs> hot and cold. Oh my god! Like that's all you need. I, yeah, well, I need to do that like eleven more times. Yeah, and then I'll feel a little bit normal, and then. But we go back out on the air, out on the airplane sooner than later. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> um, it's a it's a how long gone summer. I'm doing a cool thing where I go to New York for one day. I've never gone to New York for one day. Get your money up, bitch! This welcome to the good life. I used to come to New York for a day all the time. Well, I'm not to buy drugs. Though. I mean, this is for work. Oh, I, I'm sorry. The why okay, I'm I, I didn't I didn't want to get into that reasoning. <laughs> but before we go any further, we need to talk about some some breaking news that I'm sure you've you, you've seen as a big fan, but. Mm-hmm. Um, popular country music artist Morgan Wallen, heartthrob. Um, he kind of surprised his fans and um, shaved his head. Mm-hmm. So he 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 had kind of luscious mullet locks that looked great under the cowboy hat, as you mm-hmm. can imagine. Sure, sure. And he shaved it without warning, and I don't think the fans are very happy. Because as a person who shaves their head and as someone who didn't know what was hiding underneath the hood, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have a, a decent shaped peanut head. You know, it's okay. Yeah. It, there's no weird dents or divots. And um, maybe I'm just used to Morgan's luscious locks, but he looks absolutely insane with the shaved head. Yeah. I've, I've, it's really, I feel like it could <laughs> fuck up. I feel like it could fuck up his career worse than getting caught saying the N word, to be honest. Um, you know, he's a toxic cutie and this is guilty guilty behavior if somebody has done something wrong in the public eye it usually happens you know like a week after they do it not like a a year and a half but i was (sighs) it feels like sort of a cleansing repenting for the sins i'm a new person i'm transformed or maybe he was just doing a jada pinkett smith and he loves tupac so much that he he shaved (laughs) his head well it's also possible you know from one musical genius to another i don't know it's also possible though that he you know, he he just maybe he was getting drug tested, and they were gonna do it through his hair, so he shaved it. You know, that's a popular mm. that's a popular move for the criminals out there. Um, but he's too rich yeah, to get drug very tested. Very possible. I think he's too rich to get drug tested. Yeah, what's he gonna get drug tested for? I don't. I mean, he. I, I feel like he's making too much money for for people. He's he should not be allowed to to do to bick his head like this. 
without getting the proper approval. I'm sure there has to be some type of CGI, like x-ray scanning of the skull, the skull pattern that the record label has to sign off on before anything can be done to that hair. He's leaving a lot of money on the table. 100%. There's a lot of mouths to feed that are yeah. not going to be able to pay rent this week or this month because of his uh, his one bad decision. You his know? selfish choices. His selfish choices. You know what it, sh- it reminds me of? You know when you talk to a tattoo artist and they're like, you know, I, I, there's cert- certain things I just won't do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I got it. You know, some 18-year-old kid comes in and they're like, I, I need that swastika on my forehead. And they're like, bro, I'm not the one. You I know, can't something do that. like that. I can't or, do that for you. Every barber has to sort of be on the same. Yeah, but they're know, just like some nah. sort of some sort of guild. When I guess you, guild might not be the best word right now. But when you go into your spot in in Glendale and ask for cornrows, and they're just like, look, bro, no, we we can't we can't do that. We won't do that for I'll you. I'll lose my license. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like they're, they're the last line. Of defense before a bad decision is made. Yeah, but they're in the service industry, so their hands are kind of tied. It's, it's an unfortunate. And the other tough part, the one he he had the one haircut that you can technically do yourself, even if you are, you know, a couple <laughs> a couple Bud Lights short of a sixer. I don't look. I don't know much about Morgan Wallen, honestly, except that everybody likes his music and like is kind of embarrassed. I mean, obviously, people we know like his music and are a little embarrassed about it. Um, but. It seems up right up my alley, but I listen to it. You're the only person I know who likes his music. No, I don't really like it. I'm a Zach Bryan guy, but I don't. It's fine. No, people really like it. I mean, obviously, it's hugely popular, but it's also that thing that like has crossed over the way like a hardcore like turnstile did, Mm -hmm. where it's like the New York Times loves Morgan Wallen, like the. But, you know, everybody like wants to kind of intellectualize. It. I heard he's going to play Rolling Loud. Yeah, I mean, he would play. Yeah, he's definitely. Well, he has a song. I believe he has a song with Lil Dirk. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm almost positive. I'm almost. Positive. Yeah, I'm sure he does. It's so fucking it's fucking wild out here, man. I'm, I'm so glad to be back in America. Um, And it's it's raining here, too, but it's different because it's hot and gross <laughs> outside. Um, And it just makes me feel better to step over human shit uh every day than it is to be in- <laughs> it's it's washing away those those croc sized rats that run rampant through through your yes, streets yes exactly, exactly jangling through the hallways of the moxie hotel every every night i was talking to nathan pemberton earlier uh-huh. and we were talking about north florida kind of hardcore um which is oh, a we're losing that, we're losing know, listeners we're losing listeners <laughs> This you better be able to pull this around. Let's pull no, this around. No, but I so there's a band from Tallahassee that we grew up with. They're called I Have Dreams, and they were kind of this like mythic band. And I I was looking up something to send it to Nathan, and I found this YouTube page of this guy named Kaz who basically does these like ten minute weird videos of all these insane screamo bands that no one has ever heard of. And I cannot believe that the internet goes even this far. Like it's it's stunning to me. Like he's got twelve episodes up, and I only know one band of twelve episodes. And this guy's spending a lot of time on this. Okay. And I just don't know. I don't understand how people do this. Like, is it just dedication to the love of the game? Like, mm. could you ever do something like this just because you were a fan? Right, right. Just like the the documentarian style. Yeah, like he's spending a lot. hours, right, and right, hours right. doing this, and I'm just like, dude, and like, money. Yeah, these view these videos have a thousand views. Like it's just not like there's no audience for this. I am the only yeah. audience for this. It's crazy. I, I I think about this sometimes when when I see like other people who do podcasts, not necessarily like copycat podcasts of what we do, but you know the similar, you know, bros talking whatever thing. And but they will do extremely niche and specific subjects and topics, and and you they put in a lot of work and they do the whole thing and. Part of me, I mean, it is a beautiful thing to see art being created. I mean, if you want to call it art, <laughs> art being created with no financial. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. Ever, I mean, unless that, unless there is like a real delusion of like this is going to get my foot in the door, and you know, Tim Heidecker is going to see this, and I'm going to intern at Adult Swim, and then yeah, I'm going to, no, you're right, you're you know, right. straight to Sundance I go. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> It's uh, I guess it's you know you got to start somewhere, and if your goal is you know notice me king, but the the king 
has less followers than you the, do. <laughs> what it's I'm saying is that the notice me king in this case is like a guy who probably has 300 followers on Instagram and two kids and lives in Tallahassee, Florida. That's what I'm saying. It's mm -hmm. such a strange niche thing that I stumbled on. And I just couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow, this is like. Yeah, I guess part of me, part of me wonders if, if I was a youngster at that, you know, right now, if I would be doing the same thing, you know, like, like when I was whatever in high school or something, I was, I was making zines that were very niche and it was, you know, totally a hundred people maybe read it total and you know it was all just into the ether but if i you know if i had all the technology nowadays to record video and audio and do the whole thing cgi and what do the whole thing is this the type of shit that i would be doing and would do i have anyone in my life that grabs you by the the callers and, and gives you a good shake i was like don't you gotta stop you gotta stop go get a job but i mean Anything look I, else. I watched the video and it was great so i shout out to kaz okay yeah shout out shout out to kaz but i mean shout out to kaz i hope you have um a trust fund or something i guess if you're in north florida you don't but <laughs> <laughs> i'm just guessing based on your general location um all right well we're we're back in america um, we're back to regularly scheduled How Long Gone programming. We have a guest today, um, the legendary Stuart Copeland, uh, the drummer uh, from the band The Police that you guys are all familiar with. Um, and and mm -hmm. it's interesting because he's English but but has no accent, which kind of, if I were him, I'd be kind of bummed. That's the coolest part about <laughs> being English, I feel like. But that's a, I mean, whatever. That's a different story. Did he? Maybe he did have one at some point and then lost it in some type of accident. I think the accident. I think the accident. Or maybe he yeah, is getting too rich and living in California. Yeah, his, his his mistake was getting a house in Kauai and just kind of like vibing. Yeah, I mean, w w widely known as one of the greatest drummers of all time, dead or alive. You know, he's he is a, a goaded stick man. Uh, and this, the as sticks, well as a symbolman. The, the sticks are Pro Mark uh, Five A's. Actually, um, they just have a nice, you know, they just have a nice feel. Mm -hmm. um, I, I also want to get his opinion on drummers who wear gloves, because that seems like some real pussy shit to me. Um, but I, I want to hear it from a, a real source. So we have you know, a lot how, of good kind of hard hitting musical questions planned. Yeah, you can talk about you can talk about how he warms up and his kind of scales if you want to. But I'm going to stick to the good stuff. Also, he spells his name the right way much to talk about here with the seaman all right let's give let's give Stuart a jingle hey jason we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on you're eating at restaurants you don't want to eat at all the time to appease myself and others mm -hmm. um but when it comes to your health health there's no compromise so don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines their family group chat their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors very close to you, and instantly book appointments with them online. Just like when I'm looking for new shoes on my sites, you can filter specifically, see which doctors take your insurance, located near you, maybe find a doctor that's far away from you for personal reasons you don't want to disclose. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash howlong and download ZocDoc for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash howlong. ZocDoc.com slash howlong. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. 
Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. Stuart, thank you for joining us here on How Long Gone. Are you coming to us from your percussion cavern? I'm coming to you from the Sacred Grove, which is a form of percussion cavern. Okay. So, so the th- sacred, sacred Grove? Is that like an Epstein thing? <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what the Epstein thing is. Um, <laughs> it's where my uh, fancy friends come to play. I got, every, I got the largest collection, uh, the world's largest collection of the cheapest instruments money can buy. I got trombone. Okay. Okay. I got cello. I got timpani. I got trumpet. I got all kinds of shit you can bang, of course. I got huge, big uh-huh. amplifiers over there. I got guitar. And my buddies come over here and jam. Damn. And I got cameras around the room, too. Just in case? Or is this for YouTube? Well, it's just for jams. And I put it, I do, I do I come in, you know, suffering through my hangover next morning. <laughs> uh, I cut them up and I put uh, clips up on uh, YouTube. Check it out on YouTube. Look for uh, Snoop Dogg at the Sacred Grove. Or, uh, <laughs> Damn. Okay. Neil Peart at the Sacred Grove, or you know, uh, a legend. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I like this because I like this because you're describing something that like a lot of dads do, and they have a room oh, where they jam with their absolutely. friends and get drunk. Absolutely. But your friends are just a little. Your friends are a little different yeah, than like yeah. other dads. It's like a giant train set. It's how I I screw around. I you know I put on some some. Um, not you know some Jimi Hendrix and I go and I fix the wiring and I hide all the wiring because there's no engineer in here. You know my buddies come over and and uh, I just hit record. There's a template. Mm. Everything's in record. Everything's mic'd up. Yeah, yeah. And in record, and I got cameras, and so it's pretty sophisticated. But doesn't look like a recording studio. There's no engineer looking bored. Mm-hmm. And so my chuckle buddies come over here. Sure, sure. And sure. we uh, rock out. Of course, I have to cut it down. We rock out all night, and then I cut it down to like a manageable, you know, uh, two hours. Well, how long, <laughs> two hours? How, how long are you actually, how long are you playing for when the fellas come over? How much Casamigos can you drink? Uh, well, when it comes to uh, Danny Carey, a lot. That is, so you're saying you're, you're jamming for hours with the fellas in here. Well, yeah, we, we jam for hours, and then, then the next morning I cut I cut it down to like five minutes or something like that. That's that's nice. You that's know? good the, of the you. Best palatable. Part. Palatable. Only the best parts only <laughs> well here what i do you see uh since i got cameras i don't have a cameraman the cameras don't move i discovered something that no director is even aware of <laughs> because directors have professional camera guys who do this they move around they they zoom in of course they zoom out. Mm-hmm. but my cameras are locked which means that when we do the playback and every musician loves the playback hey guys want to hear what we just did yeah of course <laughs> we're geniuses we're all yeah. geniuses when we do the playback i hand them a trombone or a tuba or a cello or whatever and say okay take a solo and since they're all musicians they can air saxophone real good and and you know uh and they can't find the notes but they can sure look look like they know what they're doing look like they know what they're doing a couple things about that first of all snoop was on the drums now he's standing over here and i can just carve Ah. this part of the screen there and then overlay that part of the screen so now i got two i got two dannys Two Snoops, two <laughs> two Ben Harpers, two Stanley Clarks, whatever, and uh, so I've got multiple yeah. jam sessions with people on different instruments. And the other part is that after Danny Carey has taken a baritone sax solo, um, not knowing how to hit any notes, but knowing which notes he would be hitting, sure, sure, I go with MIDI. And I figure out what notes he would have hit if he knew how to find them. What? And I create a part <laughs> that he would have played. Damn, this is a gift to the homies. Then, this is a gift. Then, this is, this is how much free time. I don't actually have this much oh, free what, time What is anymore. your Adderall prescription, sir? <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> then, and this is the best part, I get out that baritone sax. Or I can play like three notes. on the And I find the notes that I found on media. It's a Okay. I record two or three notes and I can build with an actual yeah, 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 yeah. sax that solo that Danny would have played. Have played. Check it out. Sacred Grove. Okay, so this is 
this is beyond a hobby. This sounds like another full-time job. Well, or do you enjoy it so much that you don't look at it that that's way? That's why I don't do so much of it anymore. Mm. You're okay. You you go through phases because it's so time-consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got a whole bunch of jams backed up to cut, and it takes <laughs> me maybe a week or two. So you got a you got a lot of footage in the can. Yeah, baby, I do. So did you teach yourself to edit video f for specifically for this purpose? Uh, no, I've been cutting videos since they invented computers okay okay i, I <laughs> maybe before which was before you were born youngster early adopter were you even born then i look very young but i'm 40 so i i don't know what, what like i said you're a baby <laughs> <laughs> what year i don't know when the personal computer was invented i'm sorry i should know i that. am 70 <laughs> i have a i have sons older than you uh, okay <laughs> Okay, I I knew that you had a bunch of kids. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Yeah, that's yeah. the vibe. Is th is this is this room that we're in? Is this in your house or is this off site? Uh, this is in uh, in the garden. Oh, it's in the garden. Oh, that's the oh, hence the name. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, fuck it. We, let's take a tour. There's the drums. Okay, so you <laughs> there's the drums. There's the percussion. There's the big big ass amplifiers. But uh, there, there's a piano, got their Hammond organ, got all your kinds of cool shit to bang. I got my timpani. I got the big gong mm. here. You got to have a gong. What, what what kind of percussionist wouldn't have Hang a on, gong? Hang on. I'm going to have to go. I, I got to go shut that motherfucker up. Hang on. We're going to go shut this motherfucker up. Looks like, Chris, I see we see a lot of kind of ceremonial tribal masks hanging yeah. on the walls. Do you think, you think maybe the stew man... Kind of puts those on. After oh yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. <laughs> they have a very, very important um, uh, ritual function here. You know, I get my guys out of here after we've played all the music. We we put on the mask, strip down, and uh, get really weird. Sure. No, the mask. <laughs> the mask can only hide Tribal. so much. You know, at that at yeah. a certain time, at a certain yeah, time. Yeah. Well, you see, as I discovered through uh, Clark Kent, the as Clark Kent used to say. Um, the mask reveals the true identity. Mm. So you've okay. So you're just you're subscribed. You're out here. This is um, I, I'm very impressed with this room. It feels like it's taken years to kind of dial in, and you're still adding to it. I imagine. But do you ever take anything out? I don't throw anything away. I, I can tell. I can <laughs> kind of tell, but I didn't know if that was. I, I've you know. got everything. In fact, I got a book coming out now that we get to the plug <laughs> of my diaries from 1976, 77, 78 when we were starving. I've got everything like i say i don't throw anything away did you have you always have you always been like this and it's just now it's coming to roost no I, I i've been like this well i was like this back when i was 25 i kept the uh my notes how much we got paid how many attended really um you know whether how well we played how much the truck because i was i was chief roadie and tour i was band manager of course book the trucks book the pa pay off the roadies, go get the money from the club owner. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I got all those notes, including my dodgy accounts. And my arithmetic was not that great as I discovered <laughs> now. At least someone's doing it. Okay, so... Well, Sting was bit busy with dense literature and writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, can you stop writing yeah. songs for a second? I'm having some trouble with some simple multiplication. If you could help me If he's me not out. writing, he's shagging, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't. That was a good. I, I was happy. I'm. I'll, dude. I'll book the trucks. You go write us another hit. Yeah, it's a nice division of labor. Actually, no. Actually, to be quite accurate, this was before he started writing hits. We stuck together, uh, Sting and I, for like a year and a half with a crap guitar. With well, no I hits. Say that with a with a limited <laughs> guitar and my crap songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Three chord tricks, which are designed. You know, they were punk songs because we were supposed to be a punk band, and somehow Sting, with all of his musical depth and commitment stuck it out we just had a groove going mm -hmm. uh until and he didn't really start writing songs until andy joined and when andy joined suddenly all this gold came out of the ground we none of us not even him none of us had any idea that he could write songs like that but when andy you know because but he learned from the punk scene how to strip it down mm -hmm. verse chorus verse chorus bridge verse chorus you're done and so he learned that economy of composition mm -hmm. and when andy joined with that harmonic sophistication, then Stingo really suddenly out of nowhere blossomed as this incredible songwriter. After we stuck together, God knows why, for a year and a half. And then Andy also joined. When Andy joined, we were still a starving fake punk band. <laughs> and I asked Andy what he was thinking when he insisted on joining the band. Uh, dude, 
what were you thinking? And he says, I don't know. I should have stuck with Neil Sadaka. Because <laughs> he was like, he was I like mean, a triple scale guy. Yeah, right? no, I mean, that's, I, I did, I did want to ask you about this because Jason and I are obviously, we're in business together. We spend a lot of time together. We do shows, we travel together. Are there any tips on kind of staying, staying friends and making sure it's still fun that you could give us after all these years? Other than making millions of dollars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, millions of dollars actually complicates things. Damn. Um, mm. Damn. Okay. Mm. One, right. one bit of advice. Don't, don't let that complicate things. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have that problem yet, and but we're working on that. The, the, working on the, that. the best part is to stay, stay friends somehow. Somehow don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. Although that's hard in a band. I don't need to tell you guys that in a band, just everything is all your relationships are amplified the way they are in a family, but even more so because it's your livelihood Yeah, and it's, you're an adult now. You're not just a child. You're an adult, a grown human. And so that tightness of that relationship, that interdependence, that being stuck in each other's pockets makes it kind of tough. But I, you know, the police was hard. The police was, we, we were not easy on each other, particularly in the later years. It was a very harsh environment. We're, we're proud of the result of that clash, mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't easy at the time. Yeah, of course. And it was a real surprise to me to meet bands like Rush. They all get along great. <laughs> they go to movies, hang out together. Hey, <laughs> Neil, what you doing? Uh, a fish. They hang out together, you know. They they actually want to spend time with each other, which is an insane thought. Yeah, after after, after being on tour, yeah, exactly. Years, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. With each other. But do you think that the, the one thing I'll say that strikes me about bands in particular is I feel like if once everybody has a family, does that kind of help things a little bit? No. If everybody gets along, it makes it worse. <laughs> okay, just wanted. To, okay, that's clear. No, it's important, you know, for a human being. Family is much more important, and in and in fact, mm. you know, a family can back you up when you're you come home from work and with dealing with those bastards. You get home and there's a loving family there that can build you back up again. And I'm sorry, Sting said that today, honey. Can I you know, get a little foot rub? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I bet. Oh, that nasty old Stingo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, the wives, in our band, the wives, the wives got together and conspired against us. The three wives were. We're much tighter than the three guys. That's what I was, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. I feel like alliances can be formed, you know, that are outside of your control once there's wives and what, kids. What did what did the wives what what did the three wives do with their sort of combined power? How do they wield this witchcraft <laughs> in mysterious ways? So you 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 still don't even know all the things that they've done. Well, actually, I just know that when the wives are around, everybody everybody behaves better. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Now that that goes without saying. That goes without saying. But yeah, it's. I mean, these these diaries, the notes and stuff is is kind of insane because, like I said, I think like young people usually aren't thinking about that, especially during this time. But is it? When you look back on it, is it like informative? Were you hard on yourself or was it pretty like, were the critiques reasonable? No, the, I absolutely was hard on myself. Uh, and I gave myself, we, I gave us and I gave myself bad reviews. I, I noticed it was a way of kind of, I'm feeling guilty. I fucked that up, you know, and I could make myself feel better by just putting it on the page. It was mm. very therapeutic, actually. It was because I'd have, I had my notes, which was the facts and figures, but I had another book where I would just write. And just write, you know, for for just my innermost feelings, for grievance nurturing, those bastards, or joy, exaltation, aha, Clark Kent hit, ha ha, I'm conquering the world, you know, mm -hmm. the kind of stuff you don't want anybody to read. <laughs> I put it in the book. Sure, sure but you sure. got to tell somebody. Thank God for editors. It's more of a coffee table. It's not like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Book book. It's a it's a coffee table book. It has a lot of words in it <laughs> that I wrote both back then and my commentary now. But it's it's also a lot of I like that and, the, and cool stuff to look at. My, too. my book does have a lot of words in it, so you go pick that up. You know, <laughs> yeah. just check that out. <laughs> check, yeah, check that but but yeah, but don't let that put you off. <laughs> no. you know, don't don't be dissuaded no, don't worry. by a few words. You know, Stuart, this feel it feels don't like worry. kind of a a book version of of Everyone Stares, the the documentary that you made. Is Absolutely, that... and it goes right up to the point where the film picks up when I got a movie camera. Mm -hmm. And 1978, and we were just beginning to, well, I could afford a movie camera, a Super 8 camera. Mm -hmm. So we were just beginning to have some disposable income. Well, the book goes right up to that point. Mm -hmm. And because the fun part of the story of any band is the struggling part. After that point, 
it's kind of repetitive. Um, <laughs> you know, st- one stadium is after another. Uh, <laughs> oh, another stadium. You know, it's just album tour, album tour. But the, the, the interesting part was when we were starving. Yeah. We were on our hands and knees. When you were... Um... When when you were uh, sort of masquerading as a punk band, who were you trying to sound like? Well, as much like a combination of the Sex Pistols, the Damned, and the Clash. Okay. And every other band in London had the identical mm-hmm. E, A, and D chords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, interestingly, the music was not revolutionary at all. The message, the attitude, the hairdo were all revolutionary. But the music was E, A, and D chords through a Marshall amp with a backbeat on the drums. Uh-huh. Nothing. <laughs> no, that's true. And a, and a little faster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick it sure. up a little bit. We'll pick it up a little bit. But when yeah. you were when you were doing that, were how much how much of your like drum style was was going on, or were you just kind of playing a straightaway backbeat, or were you adding some of your your flavor? Oh no, I was making shit. I was doing the the thing is that you know even before Andy joined, Sting and I could eat anybody's lunch in London. Mm-hmm. They all knew it. They, you know, the pistols and, and the damned, you know, you know, Brian James and that, that, you know, rats, they all came to our shows to pick up chops because right. we were five years older, had played in professional bands mm-hmm. and we had chops and we did use them. We couldn't get too persnickety with long improvisations back then. When we came to America, we could because the punk rules, we ca- we were able to cast off the very strict rules of punk and not many people consider that but punk had very very strict rules um yeah and but we had you know we we had chops so we didn't sound you know it was more of them copying licks from us than the other way around what we did cop from them what we stole from the pistols and the and the rest was the attitude the look the scene Mm -hmm. that set of clubs uh that set of fanzines in that world we were carpet baggers and we jumped in there, but we had our own way of using our instruments, mm-hmm. which was immediately spotted by the London critics who spotted us as carpet baggers right away. <laughs> like, the, hold on one second. This guy, these guys are too good. This doesn't make sense. Well, they this knew my history. Too- I'd just come from a program prog rock band called curved air yes and i was very quiet and i'm bragging about it now because prog is cool now all right is it i'm proud to be prog <laughs> i'm out of the closet proud to i'm be sharing prog. with you that i was prog you're coming fact, out i'm you're coming, coming out, out as, as proud prog. to be prog and in, in fact i was married to the the queen of prog sonia christina uh-huh. and uh when i was in curved air so my prog credentials are much better than my punk credentials. Sure. I no, I I didn't realize Prague was back. Um, it, I would love for you because you know we probably have a lot of listeners that don't even know what that genre encompasses. Okay, I would love. Let's what, is, what would you say that? What's the top Prague shit of all time? The most recognizable, other than Curved Air, of course. Other, other than Curved Air, of course, of course. Well, Genesis. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, any band with long song. Songs longer than five minutes. Okay. Okay. Uh, any band with uh, complex, a lot of noodling, a lot of trips with diddly, 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 diddly. Mm-hmm. Um, King Crimson. Okay. Big cro- prog. It's that period just before punk. And mm-hmm. in fact, it got so noodly and so sophisticated and so elite. That's why the snarly kids on the street don't care about no triplets and no noodly noodly. Yeah, they just yeah. want to rock out and burn down the building. So. That's where the Sex Pistols came in. I didn't. I didn't mm. really realize that, but that that tracks. That tracks because we actually. I heard you say that you got. We actually just did two shows at the Hundred Club in London. You guys played there, didn't you? Oh, what do you know? Yeah, no, we didn't play there, but that, the, the oh, Pistols did. did. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's about the only club that's still there, and I wonder if it's in the same place. On the you know one end of the Oxford Street near Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, it's in the same place, and it it smells the same. Um, probably oh, look, I don't, there's not a lot of updates. That's you probably, I mean? that's probably my piss. You can smell in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all me, bro. <laughs> yeah. And it's aged 50 years vintage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's vintage. It's, it's vinegar. Now where, where did your, cause I, where did your accent go? Cause you're British, but it's just, it really, I'm, I'm not picking up a trace. Uh, hey, 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 hang on a second. I'm Merkin. I was born in Virginia, USA. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I left when I was two months old and went from there to... Car- That's enough. I, 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 yeah, I was born in Virginia, and I went to... When I was two months old, my daddy was away on business. 
he was busy installing a dictator over in Cairo, Egypt. Um, and so as soon as I was old enough to travel, I moved, you know, was, was shipped over to uh, Egypt, Cairo. And after when I was about four or five, we moved from there to Beirut, Lebanon, which is where I kind of growed up and did my teen years and played in a, my band at the American Embassy Beach Club and the British Embassy Beach Club and so on. Uh, we played Kinks, James Brown and others stuff. Um, and then when it got hot for my father politically, <laughs> uh, he shipped the family out and sent me off to uh, darkest Somerset to boarding school in England, oh, which is where, which okay, is where okay, I was. Okay, I was okay. in England for 20 years. And so London was my uh, town. And that's where I busted out with my first bands. That makes and sense. And no, I'm American. Okay. Okay. So when when you say um, when you're saying American and Virginia, it, th this is a little more of the CIA Virginia and a little less of the hillbilly Virginia. Oh, yeah. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. This is a suburb of the CIA, McLean, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. Even I know that. Even I know that. Okay. Because yeah. there's Virginia has many different hills and valleys, as you know. Yeah. yeah. I've I've got a, I've got some family in Virginia and in, in uh, Blacksburg. Yeah. But uh, not. Not so CIA. -y. Yeah. Well, Dave Grohl's from Virginia, uh, but uh, like probably the part you're from. Yeah. Know, the, 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 or you're talking about the common, the commoners' land. The, the regular part. <laughs> yeah, he's not really giving. He's not really giving. Yeah, he's not giving CIA no. either, really. Which is fine. <laughs> Strangely enough, I don't. We yeah, London is look. I love it, um, but I don't. Yeah, I yeah. can't deal with the weather. It's too much for me. But everything else about it's it is a plus. It's given me so much as far as culturally what I what I love. We were just there. It was terrible. Uh, but I, yeah. I I believe you that it can be great in the summer. Um, but I, I just you know I don't know. I feel like though that that whole thing contributes to the sound and the music and and all of that stuff in a positive way. I guess so maybe you've it's got to be best. miserable to be angry to make. Angry rock music. Yeah, you can't you can't get Joy Division mm. coming out of Florida, right? <laughs> yeah, right, maybe yes. you could actually. Yes. No, but you can no, but you can get the B fifty twos coming out of make uh, making Georgia. That no, I mean of course that doesn't make B fifty twos are so good. That doesn't make a lot they're, of sense. They're not so much angry. They're 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 cheerfully aggressive. I guess who is who is angry? The American band. By the time the new wave or the punk thing got to America, it wasn't angry anymore. It was just alternative. You know, the Talking Heads, Blondie, yeah. uh, B-52s, they were not having a hissy fit. They were not so much angry. It's just fresh, new, young, vibrant, loud, cool, yeah. and non-prog. Back to, you know, back to the basics. The, the key, the main thing is to not be prog, and then you can be punk. That was the thing. But now, uh. now I am prog. <laughs> and um, it was all, you know, the thing, the main thing about the punk revolution, 1977, 78, the big revolution was all about the hairdo. Mm -hmm. How bad did you, how bad did your, how bad did your hair look? Uh, pretty prog. And okay. uh, the day, mm -hmm. you know, okay. I, what, what do you mean? Well, the day Andy Summers cut his hair uh, to join a, a fake punk band, um, <laughs> he had not yet traded in all of his bell bottom jeans which was noticed by the critics of London. <laughs> so he had the right haircut, but he had the wrong jeans. Yeah, but the haircut, that meant he was instantly disowned by all of his friends. And me too. <laughs> you know, when I got cut my, you know, that there's that Crosby, Stills, and Nash saying, almost cut my hair today. Well, I did. <laughs> and I did to fit into, it was a new uniform to fit into this new scene with not only very stringent music rules, but also very stringent rules regarding your look. You know, you could not be cool and hip and punk and hold on to your long hair. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's hippie shit. There's no wiggle room. You can't get past. No well, uh, Stuart, could yeah. you walk me through what the what the prog groupies are like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much better than the punk groupies. Oh, really? Cleaner. Real, real cleaner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they shower daily instead of weekly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where what what part of the, what part of the world is is your home and studio in Stuart? did you already mention that uh i'm in california in california in uh southern california in uh los angeles brentwood brentwood oh okay what are we doing how often are we going to the country mart um brentwood yeah yeah probably run into you over there okay what farm <laughs> shop yeah farm shop i, I farm try, shop. try to go every saturday for lunch if i can but it's so I busy used to, i used to do friday breakfast there i meet a certain chuckle buddy of mine we meet at but it's uh, it's too crowded with people I know and so hey I I don't want to see anybody in breakfast I'll see you for lunch 
But at breakfast, sure, sure. I, you know, that's a good policy. <laughs> breakfast is is too. That's too far. Lunch is fine. And breakfast. I ain't telling you where I go for Friday breakfast now. No, you don't want to blow the spot up. That's fine. That's we'll figure fine. it what out. About, yeah. When you say chuckle buddy, when you say chuckle buddy, Stuart, that's just a, a friend of yours that makes you laugh, or is this something deeper? Making me laugh is pretty deep. Uh, <laughs> I, I I read an article somewhere that the secret to longevity is um, friends. And so I have friends, and we all realize that we're good for each other's health. Yeah. And our simple-minded banter is actually our version of Zen. And um, there's a few, and, and also I meet up with another, you know my my buddies at, on the bike path every Sunday morning. We're on the bike path, uh, talking bullshit, crackpot theories, get rich quick schemes, <laughs> uh, and other important communications. And, and when you say bike path, is that a literal bicycle path, or is this a metaphor for something? No, it is both uh, a literal path, and uh-huh. it is also a metaphor. Okay. Of the okay, path okay. Of life, the path of destiny. Yes. And we stay on our right side of the path, <laughs> and we return on the other side of the path, and we go and have a huge breakfast. So it's a calorie-neutral um, endeavor. I like mm. calorie-neutral activities with the fellas. That's something, Jason, we should look into that. Yeah, you go and you have that pancake breakfast with the, with waffles and everything. Then you get back on the bike and you burn it all off. Sure. Works great. And where do you get those bre- where do you get that breakfast at again, sir? <laughs> the best way to learn a language? Immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. One in five Americans uh, have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Chris and I are going to the country of Georgia in a month or so, and they have a very unique language. And I will be using Babbel to try and just get a little bit of action so I can know how to order my uh, cold, my cold brew lattes and things like that in a way uh, that's actually science-based. Don't spend hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Use Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons. They're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new lingo in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash how long. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash how long, spelled B A B B E L dot com slash how long. Rules and restrictions may apply. Babel. We meet up at Shutters and end up at Venice Beach, and that's about it. It's <laughs> not a bad little vibe. Okay. But, but, but it's very beneficial for the muscles here, for the, the laughter. Is you know that's probably the most because it's flat the obliques. and we don't go fast. Mm-hmm. Are you are you, are you wearing all the spandex and shit? You got all the gear on? No, no. Good uh, man. But whenever whenever we run into a new buddy, you know, like that. Hey, come on, now, join us on the bike path. You know, uh, do bring your spandex, and they show up in the spandex, and we laugh at them, <laughs> which is our form of hazing. That's a, that's a pretty that's a and pretty the nice. Time, and then we never see the spandex again. <laughs> that's a pretty nice kind of clean old school hazing. You know, that's nice. No one's yeah. getting hurt. It's not too mean. Yeah, people are people my age showing up in spandex. Is, <laughs> that's a good laugh for our mind. That's, that's a good. That's a good laugh for everybody. Yeah, there's no pain involved. Only humiliation, which is yeah, kind of friends I have. A little humiliate humiliation is not a bad thing. Maybe a little pain, a little pain in the groin area, depending on how long that ride is. Um, when when you're having these jam sessions with your friends. What what is the uh, I guess the drug of choice when you guys are exploring and expanding your minds? Well, I have uh, sober parties, okay, and by day, and I have not sober parties by evening. <laughs> okay, and I will. Uh, you can I do you, too. you know pretty pretty old school <laughs> the usual forms of abuse, which I actually am kind of not quite as um, participatory these days. Uh, but some, you know, I have some of the younger musicians, you know, in their fifties, <laughs> young guys, young whippersnappers. I, I ain't naming any names now about which parties are which. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. So, so we're not drinking as much as alcohol as we used to, and maybe having a little gummy and getting in the pocket for a while, that kind of vibe, nothing crazy. A little crazier than that. Okay. A little crazier <laughs> than that. There we go. That's good answer. Good answer. Great answer. I there's mean, one of my videos there where I'm cutting this video. And in this room here, there's a there's a there's a kind of a counter there where we all lean over. It's like the bar where we, this this is designed to be. You know, when bands run into each other at the Four Seasons, you know, we run into I don't know Bon Jovi. You know, whether we've got anything in common <laughs> culturally, it's great to meet the band, the bar. Hey, yeah, we get talking, and they're good guys. And uh, mm-hmm. God, I wish we had somewhere we could go jam. 
this is that place. And anyway, so we're jamming away. Mm, here, I know a place. And I'm cutting the video, and this tape, this countertop is kind of visible with all the bad stuff in there that we don't want the children to see. <laughs> uh oh. And uh, so, I, okay. so I did have one shot. I always get drugs. a clean shot of the empty studio for that reason, so that I can, with with my masking, I can when it when it shows that table, I can cut the clean version of the table in there. But I left it in there in one of the videos, and you'll just have to watch them all to find this shot where you can see I'm the. Sure, table I'm there. sure the commenters let you. The commenters let you know. Yeah, all the stuff disappears. Okay. <laughs> so, ba- so Bon Jovi does counter drugs. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I guess to play music for that long, I've I've always been impressed by the way that some musicians historically can go on stage and just be completely inebriated and fucking nail it. It blows my mind. It's like they're wired differently. I tried that. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, very early in my career, uh, I discovered that hang, you know hanging out and jamming and and having goofing off is fine, but in front of a paying audience, no. Yeah. I wish it did work, but it just doesn't. <laughs> I tried every which way to make <laughs> sure, it work. Sure, I'm Let sure me tell you, you do. What. I even tried playing reggae. <laughs> it didn't even work for reggae. I know. That's sad. That's cra- that uh, is crazy. I, I, that is crazy. People talk about um, kind of like bar, <laughs> bar sports, billiards, darts, and things like that where having the perfect amount of, of alcohol or, or pot or whatever well, in your any system. any boring, stupid game into fun, I guess. I've never been a big fan of billiards or darts. Boring shit. I'm, I, my, what I do like is 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 um is uh, Chinese billiards, and I don't know if that's uh, I, I mean that in a very nice way because I, I love going to China, uh-huh. and I and and it's only uh, and and this is the only form of billiards that I like is the Chinese kind. So I'm kind of snooker meets mahjong kind of feel. Well, what you have is the white ball, mm-hmm. and everybody has a turn. And you you have to be at one end when it's your turn. You have to be at one end or the other, and you can grab any one of the balls and throw it at the white ball. And you have to keep that white ball moving. If the white ball goes in the pocket, or if it slows down and stops, you're out. And so everybody's running around the table, grabbing a ball and throwing it the other. You know, it's it's. A- you're not using a cue. It's with your hand. It's with your hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a contact sport. Okay, so Chinese billiards is something that you invented personally while fucked up, is what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Who even knows? Stuart, Stuart, you have a lot of hobbies. It's 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 impressive. I feel like you really have your days are filled. Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I it's usually it sounds like I'm doing a lot of hobbies at the same time, but it's usually one hobby at a time. Sure, sure. I just feel like I, I just feel like you've you've kind of like yeah, you got you got your plate is full, and that seems like it's by choice. But you also have all these kids and like grandkids and all that shit too. So seven kids. I, I got seven kids, five grandkids, and four grand puppies. Okay, <laughs> grand puppies don't count, but I like that. I like that. They totally count. <laughs> they they might be the ones you like the most. They might. No, those grand puppies love their grand dog. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. All right. That's me. We're out. You're that's a human me. being, Stuart. You're a human being. Don't do that. You're a human being. Well, the the grand when you when he hangs out the grand puppies, they're not staring at an eye pad all day right like those humans <laughs> no those hu- those human grandchildren yeah but i love the human grandchildren they're, they're great cool they're much better than the children in fact <laughs> if i'd known how much fun the grandchildren are going to be i'd have had them first <laughs> the grandchildren are great i i just pour candy down them <laughs> i bribe them to win their love of course and uh i i really enjoy the grandkids now, did your kid growing up did your kids think it was cool that you were in a band or were they like dad's so annoying most of the kids grew up in between oh yeah uh one of them was old enough to be like a teenager back in the day the others were too young and when we did the reunion tour in 2007 my girls i had four boys and then three girls uh the boys were all into it they loved it the girls who were nine seven and four they were intimidated by it. They didn't like it. They didn't like, you know, my da- job as dad at home is to tell dumb dad jokes uh, and hang out and be, you know, just Mr. Casual Dad. That's my job at home. <laughs> and to see me up on the big stage with all the attention and all the noise and all the, you know, the, the, the fan thing uh, freaked them out. You know, who, hey, back off, everybody. He's, he's, he's my dad. He's my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cute. Yeah. That's sweet. But okay, now those girls have grown up. Dad, come on, do another reunion tour. Now they're in their 20s. Yeah, they're, they're like, it'd be really, 
I so I think that <clears throat> I need you to correct my history if I'm wrong, but I believe I was at the last show at Madison Square Garden because I don't know if you're Sting left the stage and got shaved backstage. Oh yeah, that's the on one on the jumbo. Yeah, it tr- took longer than anyone thought. <laughs> yeah, I was, that almost killed the show. I was right going to say, so Jason, they, they dude, they, dude, you look fine. <laughs> Come on back out. They finish. <laughs> And they finish, and before the encore, Sting leaves the stage, and he gets into like a barber's chair, and they're showing it on the jumbotron. This shitty beard. You're right. You're right. But you're right, Stuart. It took like 12 minutes, and it was kind of like, guys, we got to come on. Guys, we got we got some momentum going here. We had a great show. It was going fantastic. We had the 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 uh, NYPD came out with a drumline band. Yeah. We had all. It was. It, we had Elvis Costello guys came out and jam. We had a great show going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the B52s played that night. It was just a really great night no it was Madison fun. square garden it was really fun and then we had to hold on all for his damn shave <laughs> but let me tell you the other side of that story though Please. uh he earned he earned that 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 12 minute shave uh because one of the big breakthroughs of our band career was the first time we played chase uh madison square garden it was our first arena and it's a big jump for a band going from the you know you go from the clubs to bigger clubs to small theaters to bigger theaters but the jump from the theater mm. of maybe the biggest are like three four thousand up to eighteen thousand mm. is a very big jump and it's you know bands are nervous about the first time they do that which we were of course we were lucky the tickets sold out real quick and we, there we are on that big stage which has a very different sound mm-hmm. from a club or a theater it's just it, the everything's further away the audience is further away you got all this air around you i actually like that sound i think most musicians that's their favorite sound is the arena really as opposed to the yeah the stadium is kind of too outdoors you know arena is just perfect okay uh but we were kind of uncomfortable there in new york city and it's like our first arena and like this is a different environment and then just to cap it all off the worst thing possible happened my bass drum skin broke what now <laughs> you break a, a tom tom skin great whip it out turn it over Put another one, snare drum, pull it out, put in another one. Yeah, top, yeah. No problem. The bass drum, you got to pull out all the mic stands. Mm. You got to pull out all the cymbal stands. You got to pull out all the tom-toms. You got to pull out everything. I've never heard of this breaking. I've never heard. Is it? Were you going that hard? Uh, I guess. I was excited. When does <laughs> when does he not go hard? Yeah, sure, sure, Actually, sure. I broke the snare drum twice in the Hall of Fame. The kick. Okay, so the kick mm-hmm. goes, that's a big disaster. Oh, <laughs> damn. Fortunately, we got a professional on the mic. Uh, Sting learned his craft, you know, working the uh, cruise liners and knows how to work an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I've got this big house here. Uh, <laughs> God bless and him. And so he's on the mic and he's going, hey, we got Danny Quattrucci. He's pulling the thing in. And he does a running commentary of the whole deal. And so by, and the crew are running around like, you know, pulling the wires. But then they reassemble the thing. Okay, guys, are we ready to go? We're ready to go. Okay, let's rock. <laughs> and New York City was ours in that moment because it seemed like a big disaster, but by the time we kicked back in, it worked. It the, you know, the building was in flames. So, cut to 30 years later and Sting's having a fucking shave. <laughs> it's okay, dude. Okay. Okay, okay. He was I see. Damn, that's a that's fair. That's fair. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, one, I, yeah, I remembered that when we were <clears throat> I just was like, I wonder if that was like a discussion that was had beforehand. How you know if anybody had any No. Okay. It, was, <laughs> no. This was, it didn't feel like it, but I didn't know. You know, it's you know, you guys are professionals. Well, there used to be a thing in the intermission, there used to be a, a dressing room with food and they would do like a party where they would, you know, yeah. uh, and I was busy taking a leak. Uh, but you know, uh, they would, you know, it was sort of like the, in, the intermission party instead of doing all that, he sat down on a chair and got a shave, which was kind of less photogenic. Yes. <laughs> less. Yeah. In, yeah. Less inclusive. It was a big beard too. So it took, that's what I'm saying. It's that you, you have to trim it first, then yeah, guy, shave it. You guy, can't just, you know, yeah, a guy grows a lot of hair. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure what he's known for. Stuart, have you ever, have you ever peed while on stage drumming? No, no. Well, do I need to think about that for a minute? <laughs> no, I think I'd remember. Well, at the height, yeah. at the longest, what was the set looking like? Like two hours? Yeah. Two hours. I mean, these bands who go out there, 
You know, it's I crazy love Taylor now. Swift. Taylor Swift, I don't know any of her music, but I love her. That shot <laughs> of her mm -hmm. playing in the rain, that's the deal. She's the real thing. I don't care. Five, she, I, I think she did... I think she did five hours recently. I think she literally did something crazy. It's 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 getting insane. Ms. Swift, please, young lady, cut it out. Okay, <laughs> you're making the rest of us look bad. Look bad. Okay. I, I think it's yeah, the, I can only stand my favorite bands, I can only stand three songs anyway. Oh, me got too. A short attention <laughs> my man, yeah, I'm right there yeah, with you. I mean the I best no band interest. in the world, I'm good for three songs. And it's a drag when they're friends of mine. Uh, and I have to stick it out. <laughs> but um, Especially if they're playing a, a venue where they don't have chairs. That's a tough one too, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And Fish as well. I love those guys. Come on, man. Four hours? Jeez. It's too much. They, <laughs> they once did, uh, they once did a 14-hour show. God knows what they were doing. They were playing the entire – or God knows they had some concept. And they had Porta Cabin, you know, Porta Luz on the stage. And uh, at one point – this is, they're all sober now, but so I can talk out of school about sure. their bad old days, uh, which was part of their, part of their look. Um, and you know, one by one, they're sneaking off to take a little break. Uh, and at one point <laughs> they're all in there and taking the break and they're going, wait a minute, you're in here. I'm in here. <laughs> Who's on stage? Who's flying this plane? <laughs> <laughs> shit yeah. bro and, get hurry up yeah. get out there john mayer could only do so much yeah <laughs> you can't have the auxiliary keyboard player carrying the it whole was thing the you know you, you, know, you nailed it it was the it was page <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's actually really funny he's working overtime yeah but i think that these these it's just gotten so long i just but i guess that like it feels like it has to do with ticket price and like like Taylor Swift has to charge too much and she feels guilty, so she plays for as long as she can. Yeah, I would reward the audience. If they paid that much money, I would give them a couple hours off for good <laughs> yeah. behavior. That's what I'm saying. That the reward is just play the hits for an hour and a half and let me get out yeah, of here. Yeah, really. I think I mean, the problem with it. her is every song is a hit. Every song is a is a yeah. Now it's time to cry. Yeah, she, what is she like 23 and she's got 50 hits already? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. no it's it is though. Jason, you're absolutely right where it's like I can't go to the bathroom the whole time because I might miss my favorite song because they're all my favorite song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no... Yeah. There's now, Paul McCartney's got that together. Uh, you can take a leak during Paul McCartney because he insists... <laughs> you know, I get his point of view, but he insists on playing, like, new songs. Yeah. He doesn't just want to play all the Beatles, you know, you know, rather than do that all night. He, he and, and, like, they hit the big songs. And, oh, my God, it's incredible. And then... Because I guess he's even older than me, and he has sympathy for those who need a bathroom break sure. to play one of his new songs. <laughs> and the Rolling the Rolling Stones have the same thing with the, with the with the uh, Keith Richards set. Yes, yes. Well, I've... actually, it's not just so the people <laughs> take a leak; it's so that they can do some merch. Yes, exactly. It's all that's, the that's when they sell all the merch. <laughs> when Keith Richards starts singing, everybody's taking out their credit cards, walking over to the merch, walk, walking over to the merch. I, I actually I'm partial to Keith. I Richards guess I can singing. get another beer. I I I, I kind of like Keith Richards singing. I, I, I like it when it's like part of a Rolling Stones song. You know, when it's like a little bit of a, it's like a sprinkle. I don't need like a solo album. Though. Like like Stewart singing on a police song. You're not singing the whole thing, but yeah. you're adding a nice little, yeah. little garlic salt little, on that a, steak, a, aren't you? A little you? pepper. You don't want to hear too much of that. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, because I remember when I saw it, the, the drum set that you're playing on at this point when I saw you is it's almost... In the round, right? Like it's almost like a 360. No, that's your Neil. No, not quite Neil Pert level. Mm -hmm. Neil Pert needed a trap door to get into his drum. But you had, I feel like you had, <laughs> I feel like you had some weird shit yeah. off to the side. It's a lot of Too drums. Many, yeah. It's a lot of instruments. You know, I had a weird, I had an interesting experience one time where I got a call out of the blue from George Martin, the famous producer of the Beatles who wrote all that yes. orchestral music. Of course. And he was a, doing a show at the bowl in LA where he had the LA Phil. And they're doing all the orchestral stuff of Beatles songs. And for some reason, he called me to play drums. And he got all these musicians to play these Beatles songs. But mainly it was all about the orchestra. Ringo wasn't around? I don't know. Didn't take his call. Who knows? Anyhow, <laughs> I was I, I took the call. And so I showed up. And I figured if I'm going to be Ringo, I'll play on Ringo's set. One tom-tom in the front, one tom-tom oh. down here. Two cymbals and a hi-hat. And I discovered something. Playing drums is really a lot more fun <laughs> no, without all those fucking drums in the way. <laughs> and you just get down on the groove and wow, I, I get it. I get that. You know, that's the, why the Brad, philosophy of Ringo. I mean, the, the, he's he's so interesting. Yeah, that's why Brad Wilk kicks ass on just one in the front, one on the side. 
mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot more fun. Um, but I do get into the persnickety shit for which I need more toys. Well, I, yeah, I was about to say it, yeah. didn't, it didn't change your life. You still went back to your you went back to your big boy. Yeah, but but as as you've gotten older, did that change? I, I think a lot of people like once you get older, you kind of go more back to basics. Yeah, a little know, bit. Do do the most with the less, or are you still? You're still gathering toys. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I used to have three Tom Toms at the front. Now I've got two. I used to have <laughs> Octavans, which I don't really okay. bother with anymore. Um, so this is growth. But I, but I got a little baby Latin snare, which is a snare drum this big. You know, I got new toys. I go through fads like everybody else. Sure. 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 Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You sw- you switch it up. But yeah, the, the 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 size of the drum set is is very interesting to me because I feel like at one point it was a little bit of like a unspoken kind of dick measuring contest among your ilk is that no 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 no, no what are no. you talking about when i was before i was a professional musician it was and i would look <laughs> up and i would see ginger baker's double bass drum kit and then i would see mitch mitchell's single bit and i got come on mitch come catch on catch up catch up you know, yeah step up yeah. and then finally he did get a double bass drum kit and i was relieved oh thank god maybe it is for some but no, I don't think so. I think maybe amplifiers because mm-hmm. guitarists need that. Oh sure, it's yeah, yeah. The bigger the amp, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's not like more accessories. And when it, when it comes to my guitar playing, I'm one of them. I need a, I need the big double Marshall stack. You know, to make me feel like a man. No, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. I get no. it. I totally get it. The amount of money the Marshall Corporation has made off guitar players needing to feel like men is is kind of part of their whole business plan, whether they realize it or not. Well, one of my favorite images. Uh, is uh, Jimi Hendrix in, in, in Hawaii, where he's got three Marshall stacks. Mm-hmm. I just look at that and drool. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, the professional in me now has learned he probably only had one cabinet plugged in. Yeah, that's, right. yeah gonna, only one of them is mic'd up, and the rest are just plywood. They look good, though. Back in the day, uh, I used to be a roadie, and I roadied for Wishbone Ash and for other bands. And um, one band that we supported a lot was uh, Deep Purple. And the guitar hero of the band was Richie Blackmore. Mm-hmm. And he had a row of Marshalls. And the, the last Marshall looked kind of different from all the others. Well, that's the one they set fire to every night. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh damn. So it was just like a stunt cabinet yeah. that gets set fire every night? Yeah, and he would do this thing. He'd lean back into them, and the crew were behind there holding them up while he's trying to push them over. And then <laughs> it's, it's show business. It works. It's show business. Do you go... Do you go to a lot of shows now in LA? Do you go to the bowl and go do the whole thing? Yeah, buddies are playing. Yeah, and I'm and I got. I'm not going to mention any names, but I got some buddies. Every time they play, I got to go see them. And normally, I can slip out, you know, soon unless their wives are there and their wives are buddies with my wife. Mm-hmm. And we we got to. We I can't slip out because you know. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're on your fourth bottle of Pinot Grigio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> no, but my favorite place, my favorite place in the whole world uh, for music is uh, the Forum, the LA Forum. Oh, really? Um, although, although that new place, the SoFi, has got some nice backstage action, but the <laughs> the, the LA Forum has has the best hang right at the side of the stage. You know, the 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 the, the, uh, the uh, laminate hang mm-hmm. uh, where, where during the act all the lawyers and managers are back there talking deals and bragging about how much money they made their or ripped off their clients yeah, like the forum club back in the day was kind of the spot right oh well it's it still is in fact when they redid the forum they kicked out all those basketball teams and other bullshit and turned it into a <laughs> rock venue mm-hmm. so the backstage is no longer huge breeze block rooms for you know 20 guys to take a shower at a time it's now <laughs> real slick back there now it's made for 20 guys to do coke every night yeah much more <laughs> band friendly backstage at the la forum that's that i like that, that the forum was just like they they switched it. they made it four bands they were well, like we know what this is when you play uh state most arenas and, and stadiums particularly you're playing in a sports place and the dressing rooms yeah, are yeah. where a baseball team always a locker room takes a shower so after a show i'm taking a shower and I'm looking around this huge breeze block shower room, and, you know, for and imagine that I get to win every game. Those <laughs> poor bastards. They come in here and lose, lose games. And still- can, you imagine, can you imagine playing a concert and you lose? <laughs> oh, my, I, I, I can't even see with that. I, we, bands, we win every game. But that's just the shower. The other part of the dressing room, which is also breeze block and lockers and everything, our crew, and this was the the reunion tour. It didn't wasn't like this back in the day. Mm. Now we have somebody called the dressing room ambiance coordinator. Yes, 
and they come in. There's a whole truck and crew devoted to dressing rooms, and they come in and they, they call it pipe and drape, where they put yeah. pipes around, and then they have drape. Then they bring in the furniture and the mood lighting and the lava lamp. The Peloton machine. <laughs> yeah, got the Peloton. Oh, yeah, and, and, and they, they create our own boudoir back there. Oh. I think it might have been turned into a yoga room instead. You got to have the yoga. You see that? You see that, how I slipped that in there? I did see that. <laughs> you got to have the yoga instructor on tour, though. That's a classic. Yeah. I mean... You didn't bring your personal trainer on the road? Uh, no, I did not. There were plenty of personal trainers to go around, so I didn't need to bring my. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> I'm good. Don't, don't bring sand to the beach. I don't need to. And bring by the mine. way, by the way, not many people know this, but our singer, our bass player, um, is a pretty good coach. He was my 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 yoga instructor. Talking about Sting, he's real. He's real advanced. Yeah, he's, he's very advanced. He's like beyond your hatha. He's into your kundalini, your hatha, your tantric, of course. Yeah, of course, famously. I mean, I'm sure he's an amazing instructor. Yeah, he's he because yeah he cause he takes it pretty serious. That's why he's in such good shape. Uh, I don't need to do much of that stuff. Just banging shit keeps me in shape. <laughs> you do look. I was gonna say you do look. You do look good. I, I gotta say, you got a full head of hair. You're thin. Yeah. wiry you know i feel like that's a little bit of god's blessing but also you know banging shit that's what it is you never had a <laughs> you never had a fat phase right no no i don't see it no i never have yeah you can I, tell I, I think you're good i think you're gonna be set for the rest of your life <laughs> i think you're good <laughs> I think let you're it fine. be long i think i, <laughs> I, I think long. i think you're fine um all right Stuart. thank you for joining us on how long gone today it was a pleasure. Yeah, good timing. I'm just about getting hoarse now. We're about out of time. When does the when does the <laughs> book when does the book come out? Uh, September. That's coming up now. Very soon. I got two albums to plug as well, but who cares? Yeah, two albums. There's a okay. Just 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 quickly. That's why we're here talking. After all, yeah. Police Deranged for Orchestra is all your favorite songs where I cut them up, carved them up, switched them around, and orchestrated. You know, did the orchestration for a giant orchestral thing, and um, uh, it's the orchestra version with me banging shit to keep it exciting. And on the mic, we got three soul sisters and which was kind of a calculated decision on my part. What can we, how, I can't replace sting with some guy, you know, poor bastard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to anybody, <laughs> but how about three soul sisters? Oh my God. That was like a, a whole different ball game. Well, as soon as I heard them, I realized something that this is like the police sung by the Supremes. Mm. It's a fantastic thing. These three women, uh, We've played. I've been playing with them for like almost two years now. Sold out shows around Europe. It's a really fun show. Okay, mm. made a record. Sounds a little spiritualized -y in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then my buddy with whom I won a couple Grammys um, this year and last year um, out of Bangalore, he said, how about we do a world version of it? Mm. And now the new one is Beyond Borders. And it's like, in you know, tea in the Sahara in Chinese. Uh, every breath you take in Zulu. The Soweto Gospel Choir. Mm -hmm. This is way out there. It's beyond. I sent a couple tracks to Stingo, uh, just 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 to imagine him going cross-eyed. Uh, and he actually was. He, he actually it, it didn't piss him off too bad. He was pretty <laughs> cheerful about it. So he signed off on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The beautiful. lawyers were okay. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, all right, Stuart. We'll look for that stuff. And thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. And um, we'll see you soon. I'll see you. I'll see you in, in farm shop. All right. Take care now. Toodaloo, Stuart. All right, later, Stuart. Thank you. Bye.